Welcome to another edition of the eSpot with Camille. The eSpot is your location for the latest in entertainment, beauty, and design from the people who make it. Thanks for joining. Hello, hello. Welcome everyone to the eSpot with Camille. I am your host, Camille Cower, and I am super excited to have the one, the only, the magical Orlando Jones. I've had him on before, but this is way back when I had to share my airtime with other people. So now I get him all to myself and can ask all the questions and don't have to bring up any sports stuff because maybe it was part of a certain ESPN. But now it's just Camille in the entertainment spot. So we get to talk about all things entertainment (laughs) and the SAG after strikes. uh, Well, thankfully, the WGA strike is over. So we can talk about a little bit about your writing past, because I think a lot of people don't know is that your career started way before we ever saw you on camera. So can we mm-hmm. talk a little bit about how at like a teenager, you were already writing jokes for The Tonight Show, you were like doing all these commercials for Food Lion and all these other things. Um, big names, or at least big names to us North Carolina people. <laughs> Can you hear a little bit about how, at such a young age, you had not only the dream but the ability to follow that dream. Oh wow! How how do these things happen? I don't I, I don't know if it's a combination of, of life or luck. Um, but yeah, I guess I've been writing for a, a long time. Um, I met a guy who uh, suggested. Let me rephrase that. I was I was doing commercials in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. I lived in South Carolina at the time. And um, I got hired as a consultant uh, because they were trying to target uh, young black kids. They were trying to get at the message about um, about AIDS as a pandemic. And, you know, and it was obviously wrecking havoc on the community. And so they were like, we got to find some young black kid to talk to uh, who can speak young black kid because apparently we, we, don't, we don't speak the same language. And um, I uh, <laughs> I got hired for that job and I pitched them a bunch of ideas and they, they paid me what I thought was a lot of money at the time. And then I, um, I found myself looking at the production board a couple of months later because uh, I was in uh, several of those ads. And I realized that, you know, I, I pitched them several million dollars worth of ad ideas that they had subsequently sold. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, that's how this works. And I had a family friend who was an attorney and I went to him and explained what the scenario was and he suggested i incorporate and start an advertising agency so i did and then that advertising agency became my path to getting a job on a different world and wrote the pilot of martin and uh, rock live and you know and since then i guess i've been in the writer's game you know uh, american gods blah 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 uh for you know now i guess over over almost over 35 years, I guess. So that's, that's kind of how I found myself in the realm was um, I, I got, I got, I got, I think I got jacked, <laughs> but not, listen, they paid me really well. They, you know, I had like, they paid me five grand. So I thought I was rich and wow. I saw, you know, uh, 6.7 million on the board. And then I was like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, so my contribution got you that. Got it. Okay, I should probably incorporate and pitch it myself. So no. I did that, and that's where Food Lion and Furniture Fair and uh, State of South Carolina did a bunch of stuff for, and that's that started my um, my advertising career. And then with that body of work, a different world um, flew me out and interviewed me and hired me, and there you go. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you to go because you said the different world and then Martin, you said it so quickly, like, whoa, 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 whoa. But how did that happen? So, <laughs> so you got, they flew you out for a different world. How did you even yeah. get on their, I guess, on their radar? Because that's the other part. Like when the, a lot of times us people in small markets kind of feel like we're overlooked, underutilized. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, how were you able to get part of the limelight, so to speak, or um, there were two casting people uh, named Lieberman and Hirschfeld, and they were casting movies, uh, you know, in in the South Carolina. They were, you know, your local casting components, right? And I came in uh, for an audition. I think it was for Swamp Thing or something like or some, you know, movie like that. And um, they they liked me, and they were like, you know, there'd be a lot of great stuff for you in L.A., kid. And they um, they sent me an audition for. Uh, to pay Barry Sobel's roommate on 227. <laughs> and I, I think I was 18 or something like that. And I, you know, got every light in the house and lit it and shot it. And they flew me out. And uh, I knew like one or maybe one or two people in LA. And I called them and said, hey, I'm in LA. And they said, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm auditioning for this. And I did not get that job. But they said, hey, um, why don't you, because we saw you were doing this advertising stuff, why don't you write up a spec script? There's a new show called A Different World. They're going into season four. They're hiring new writers. We want to put you up for consideration because we know you're a writer and performer. So I did that. And uh, I didn't get the 227 job, but I got the A Different World job. And so I packed up all my stuff and, and moved to Los Angeles and uh, started writing sitcoms. And that, that's how I entered the, the Hollywood business, as it were. Um, and then obviously being behind the scenes as a writer, you, you know, you know where all the bodies are buried because you learn everything. <laughs> yeah, so, so share a little bit of that, like since you, since you're bringing it up, you know where all the bodies are buried. What is some <laughs> advice you would give to maybe somebody who's thinking about packing it up and uh, moving on to LA, especially now that hopefully the strike is getting ready to end soon and they're thinking, oh, there's going to be tons of opportunity because there's so many different projects that have been put on hold that might now be open and mm -hmm. everybody's, I mean, looking for work again. But, but for, in what capacity, I guess is the question. I guess that. here's the thing, uh, writing, I, uh, acting all of it. Well, I know you've said so many times, like it's important to know all aspects of filmmaking, mm -hmm. really stay busy and working like you have for 35 plus years. So what elements would you say were the most, I guess, for longevity, which you Oh, see, he's busy all the time. Yeah, I don't know who that is. I don't know. I'm not talking to that. I don't know. It's probably uh, it's probably calling about your car warranty and locked up. <laughs> no, seriously. That, that is a that is another producer calling about a, a movie in Italy. That's what he's talking about. But that that's a whole other thing right now. Um, I yeah, think the that. best answer is this. Um, look, I I think it if, if you can tell your story, if I think you should tell it. But I don't know that Hollywood is the answer. The Hollywood I went into is a is a whole nother thing. It's not the same place anymore, right? Mm -hmm. um, you, I tell people all the time that you you know look you've got a broadcaster capture device in your hand, mm -hmm. so I, I don't know what you need them for exactly. If you can build an audience wherever you are, I tell people all the time you need ten thousand hardcore fans who like are there for you. And there's a dozen different ways to transact with those fans. But in, in short term, if you had um, 10,000 fans who are willing to put, give you $20 every quarter, there are four quarters in the year, that's 
$80 a year. Let's say, no, they're only going to give you $40 a year. That's a $400,000 a year business direct to your pocket. So your only barrier to entry is what they're charging you, right? So if you want to make a movie, I have friends that make movies for between 40 and 60, 40 and $100,000. They put them up on fast channels like Tumi and Pluto and Zumo and um, IMDb TV. And people joke about that, but those people make around $30,000, $40,000 a month off those movies. So, you know, with a quarter of a million dollar profit, plus rolled into your pocket off of this movie that you've done in the local market, I ask again, what, what do you need Hollywood for? So I'm and not sure, right? That's a, Hollywood is a very different game and, and you're, you're likely not going to play in the top parts of that game when you first arrive there, simply because you don't know what to do yet. Like you don't, you don't have enough experience, right? So there's something to be said for maximizing local and regional opportunities before you throw yourself into that mix. So you might very well be invited like I was, but I was invited because I had stuff to show that I was doing in, in the Carolinas, right? right? So they weren't, I didn't show up and go, hey, you know, I was like, watch this, watch that. And they were like, oh, okay, kid. So that it was because I was doing stuff here that opened the door there, not because I showed up there with hat in hand, asking them to validate me as a writer producer. I'd already validated myself. So yeah. I encourage people to do that before, you know, before thinking you're going to land there and, you know, write on Game of Thrones. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that would be a dream come true for many, I'm sure. But um, obviously, right. we're added the um the way that season um ended so we're not going to go there again i'm still hurt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but i mean i give them credit they had the best breast to beheadings ratio in television like every two minutes someone either got beheaded or they showed you breasts so i get why the show worked you know. Oh, yeah. I um, remember a friend of mine saying, why do you watch that porn? And I was like, what are you talking about? It's a great show. <laughs> and once you introduce your parents to it and your parents are like, oh, yeah, I started watching that Game of Thrones. And you start thinking back like, oh, wow, I really recommended this to them. It's going to be awkward. They got to get over it. Right. You know, like they yeah. got to just get <laughs> over certain parts. Like they have the body parts, but we can't see them. So, you, you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> he's a different animal nowadays or just filming different i we were I, here i talk about this a lot with some of my girlfriends where it's like it used to be that it was so taboo just to even have the like the blanket just show a little nipple here and there and now you're like full-on fledged there's no one that we haven't seen nude i mean i, I don't know if you're, you're planning to show some nudity up in your future too but it's a lot of um it's a lot of things out there now that they're changing and with ai like that being a big big part of what why people are striking from a writer's perspective and from an actor's perspective like the are you scared of losing who you are in part of that with the that, no. I mean, that's the contracts they're working on now. No, okay. No. Uh, look, you, you're not going to put certain toothpaste. The toothpaste isn't going back in the tube, right? Right. So if you want to go dig with the shovel and a pick, you know, knock yourself out. But the tractor is going to do it faster. And the 3D printer, you know, is going to do it even faster. 
and we lost him for a minute. I'm sure he'll be back. We were just discussing how AI can have that, uh, like what is it for him that he sees it's gonna change. And you know, it's a lot like having when the calculators first were invented or computers where it's a tool that can be used for good or bad, but I'm curious what he thinks about it coming from a writer, coming from a pr uh, producer's perspective, as well as an actor's perspective. Ah, and he's back with us. So we can talk a little bit more about- and I don't know what happened there. <laughs> I think that we should be bad at technological tools, right? right? I don't, there's no there's no point in that because it's not going to change, right? I'm sure somebody with a horse and carriage was mad as hell about that car. Uh, <laughs> my great my great grandmother used to call it a runaway carriage. Oh, look at that runaway carriage. Yeah. Um, so you know what I mean. So I, me, I'm not going to waste my time being mad about technology. But I point this out to you on 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 the AI side. The AI is a great tool if if you want to use it, right? Um, um, and I'm sure what's going to happen without question is that it's going to be less of everybody needed to do the job. Less electricians, less set building, less gaffers, virtual set technology is going to replace those things, less drivers, less everybody, right? Less background. It's just going to be less of everyone necessary to do the job, right? Mm. So that's where we are, but that's not a phenomenon that is exclusive to the entertainment business. That's just workforce, you know, large, writ large, as it were. So I don't, I don't try and I, I encourage people to learn the tools and learn how to use the tools to their benefit rather than demonizing the tool that's not going anywhere ever. So in my humble opinion, I'm not concerned about that. There's only one me and even an AI version of me still doesn't have my capacity because it's not intelligent. It's machine learning. Machine learning is not intelligent. <laughs> it, it, there are things it does extremely well, right? Research, it can cut all that. It can kill my time on, on having to research or figure this out. It can kill my time with needing the basic summaries with about A or B. But replace me, not necessarily, not, not really possible in the way that people fear. So. Right, because right. I, I mean, one of the things I was thinking of with the fear of AI was I got my start as a background actor and mm -hmm. just showing up to jobs and finally got the opportunity to be a featured extra. And then mm -hmm. finally, so when I heard that they were talking about possibly duplicating an actor's image and just using that as opposed to um, mm -hmm. hiring an extra every time I was like, wait, then how are they ever going to get those opportunities? Like I got to be able to get in the union in the first place, but right, right sometimes it is inevitable that with technology, it's just going to make things, need less people. Right. So, yeah. And, so. and it created a, a particular balance, right? On one end, you might not have the same extra opportunity. On the other end, your your opportunities on YouTube and fast channels is exponential where you never had that opportunity before. Even your opportunities on a Facebook or Instagram, you know, or, or platforms like Vine that came and went. Like I know guys who were on Vine who are now on television shows. Right. Or they are influencers on Instagram and they make their money this way or that way. But that opportunity wasn't available to them being background, right? So the opportunities are different. Technology sh shifted some things around, but it's not like there's no opportunity because you make way more money mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in digital, even with a podcast, than you ever would as background. You, I'm sure you know this. You know, background is $50, $75, 
12 <laughs> hours back. It's not just a hot dog and a brownie. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, a two-hour podcast is far less time than 12 hours on set. It's going to make you way more money than being background. So, yeah, this that door closed. This door opened, you Fact. know, circle of life, you know, Akuna Matata and all that. No, <laughs> Another great points by Mr. Orlando Jones. I guess he does know a little something, something about evolution and evolving with time. <laughs> well done. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I have to work around it. In movie books, it's very difficult for me. And I'm ADHD and dyslexic. So AI has been very helpful for someone like myself with right. one of the things I can't do. Right. Like a normal person can, as far as like just structuring a sentence without it being backwards. But speaking of backwards, not really backwards, but a nice little segue to you have so many different careers. And we haven't even talked about the one that is the most hysterical, I guess, is a good segue to it. But you have a great comedy show that you're getting ready to film right here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yep. It's been a long time since you've done a comedy special that's that we can watch. So tell me a little bit about the excitement behind starting this. Listen, I, I mean, I've been on stage a lot because uh, I, gosh, I think I spent 20, 2022 20, and 2023 out uh, touring and stuff and having fun. Um, look, it's always fun. It's the last bastion of free speech. It's, it's the... That's the only place where you can actually just say whatever the hell you want to say. Uh, and I try to point out with people, you know, I don't, I don't give offense. That's that's not how it works. You you take offense. You see, you don't include me in the decision making process. Uh, I threw jackass in the air. You claimed it as your own. I wasn't talking to you, jackass. I was just talking. See, yeah. Uh, I uh, I love it. It's it's really fun. Um, it's been fun to sort of meet and find new comedians in the area who've been trying to get their break and you know, give them sort of more stage time, which is often dope that you'll see that. Um, it's just also just fun to, to, to be on stage and, and the world is a crazy place right now. So there's yeah. plenty to talk about. Uh, <laughs> a lot. Like a certain person just going to court today, as a matter of fact, um, the cult 45 of it all. And oh, 45. Yeah, 45 is a piece of work right there. So I've known 45 serious. since he was in New York running around with rappers. Like he went from thug life to cult. I don't know how he made that transition so quickly, but- Steve Bannon. <laughs> it's like the Kelchi thing. Like they come hang out with us first, all hanging, you know, I guess that's his name, Kelchi, Kelsey. I don't know, the Taylor Swift guy. Like he uh -huh. hangs out with us, cool folks. And then next thing you know, they switch over to the MAGA side, not saying Taylor Swift is MAGA because we all know she's not. But you know, right. it's, it's funny how they make that transition where they start off maybe on UPN and then next thing you know, they make it to the Warner Brother Network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, hey, I, look freedom of speech, right? You, 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 <laughs> you are entitled to attempt to oppress whoever you like. You're entitled to it in America. Uh, <laughs> kind of it's so, but you, from my perspective, you got to appreciate that for years, I would see Trump chasing behind Russell Simmons and rappers, right? You like, clout chasing like you read about, like really trying to be in the mix, right? Mm -hmm. You gotta understand. So when I saw him on the campaign trail, I was laughing hysterically, right? Cause I knew him at when he was a Democrat. Yeah. And he was a hardcore Democrat, you know? So hanging out with all the Democrats, right? So, you know, in the Hollywood of it all, you, you know, you get to see everything. So it is mm -hmm. hilarious to me cause he don't believe what he said. He just talking, he didn't. 
That's not what he thinks at all. That's just what he's saying. And he, now he feels like he's bulletproof because he got his cult going. So it don't matter what he say. But, you know, what he thinks, like he, listen, nobody trash talks poor people like him, which is why I never liked him. Because, you know, I, I wasn't born with no silver spoon in my mouth. So hearing dude talk all crazy was like, what? what why are y'all hanging out with this dude? Like, not my <laughs> cup of tea. So the fact that he has flipped and flipped, I've watched him be so many different hymns, right? Yeah. So, But I always knew that his business was were failing and he got his money from the government. I We always knew that, right? So now it's hilarious to see him be indicted for his businesses, <laughs> practices. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yay! Teach his own, man. Whatever, say. Look, I don't want to. I don't call me about it. <laughs> Y'all voted for him. Handle it. Good luck like, with you're, all. You're allowed to support yeah. whoever you want to support. Like that's my whole thing is. Look, if America's America, you got every right to have your freedom of speech. The problem is, is that as soon as I say something you don't like. You offended. Well, I didn't give you offense. You took it, you see? You took it. You didn't include me in the decision-making process. <laughs> <laughs> so I noticed on the flyer that there's like nine different comedians. So when you're talking mm. about playing it forward or bringing people to the table, you're it's like you're doing the walk and the talk. So what yeah. do you think, like when you're, when you're out on the road, did you like, how do you find these young comedians to come work with you? Uh, my producer, uh, uh, Karen Tunis, is, um, look, I, I, I lose track of how many foster kids uh, uh, she has had. Okay. <laughs> 17, 20. I, listen, She's doing I, the Lord's I, work. And Lord knows I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But, but, but like so many other black women, she going to try and save us all. Okay. <laughs> Y'all okay. uh, are the mother, you know, you, you crawled out of the sludge and created homo sapiens and you're still trying to save us. So during the pandemic, we started working uh, with a group called Oops Foundation down in Wilmington that was providing, you know, oops, optimistic opportunities uh, for people who were, who were struggling. Uh, and uh, we took a, a black owned grocery store down there and we, uh, flip that bodega into a little uh, uh, comedy situation and we started streaming. And uh, then we went over to a loft and we started doing an improv over there and people started coming in from Fayetteville and here and there when I'm out playing, you know, Funny Bones improvs or doing my show at Gotham in New York because I think I was up there doing a residency pretty much uh, twice a month. You know, I just wanted to put people on the stage who didn't have the opportunity. Uh, mm -hmm. to get on a uh, on a bigger stage right um and uh along the way i met a whole lot of funny ladies and a couple of really funny guys and uh and you know all from very different walks of life and um uh, and getting a chance to put them on stage is always is always fun they're, they're funny right they they deserve it and um and if I'm going to headline a show and come out, I may feel like it's really fun to put up some other artists. So it's not just comedians on that flyer. Um, Nazi to Mike is actually an artist. She's a dope, dope rapper. Dope, dope, dope. True Spit is actually spoken word. She does spoken word and comedy kind of together, but she's really a spoken word artist. Um, uh, and so for me, you know, Kristen Brooks, um, you know, Dallas Brown Jr. literally was a school teacher a heralded 
and um, award-winning and decorated school teacher in mm -hmm. New Hanover County, North Carolina for over 25 years. That's what he did, right? And his students have been telling him for tw over 25, you should be, <laughs> Mr. Brown, you hilarious. <laughs> Mr. Brown, you should do comedy, right? So mm -hmm. I met Mr. Brown and I thought, you know what, your students are right. You know, you, <laughs> you really, you know, he's a funny guy, right? But yeah. but he's, he spent his life educating kids, right? Uh, so for me, meeting those types of people, different walks of life, getting the opportunity to put them on stage, particularly, um, you know, women like you, but people like like black female comedians don't exist. Well, they do. And a lot of them are mad funny. It's a perspective you haven't heard before. So if we really care about the upliftment and an enrichment um, of, of different people and giving and diversity, I'll be talking about these buzzwords. I don't care so much about that as much as I care about if you don't give that person a stage to tell their point of view, then you are left to think that you know what their point of view is and you don't. But giving them the opportunity, not me trying to tell a story for them, because I'm not them. Them telling their own stories is how you go, oh, oh, well, that's funny. And laughter has a way of bringing people together. So my comedy shows are really about one thing. I want, you know, in this venue, three, four hundred people, sometimes it's three, four thousand people to walk in. Y'all might not know each other, but I want you to leave realizing we're all connected, right? You ain't really got no enemies, that whole Democrat, Republican, this, that, that's all nonsense. We can agree to disagree on that. But don't nobody want their kids jacked up? And everybody got a racist they love or a homophobe they love. Uh, <laughs> everybody got a bigot. Somebody prejudiced that they love and they family. But you don't know them like that. You know them as this person who loved you and took care of you and blah, blah, blah. That's not the person you know, right? And you don't want nothing to happen to them despite their antiquated views. So we all have these things. So I don't know why everybody acting like they hate racists. I love racists. Ain't nothing wrong with racists. I, <laughs> I, know some, I know some racists and bigots in my family. No, yeah, actually, yes, 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 yes. I have white folk in the family. Hmm. But they're not, they're not, they're not. Here's my other thing. Right, yeah. I'm just going to say this and get out of the way. All right. Racism has been misdefined, unfortunately. Racism doesn't mean you're a bad person. That's not what it means. There are plenty of people who receive the benefit of race who are lovely people. The abolitionists receive the benefit of race. <laughs> but that don't mean they're bad people. Race, race doesn't mean you're a Call somebody a racist, people that oh, it's horrible. That doesn't mean you're a bad person. That's a benefit you get, whether you like it or not. Right? Right. right. And and it's all twist up because now you say it and people feel attacked and they want to fight back. That's why I say I love racists because at the end of the day, that's not what it's about. The question is, are you a jackass? Are you a horrible? That's the question. For real, for real. So you you could you might get the benefit. I don't get the benefit. You don't get the benefit, right? I get the the demerit, right? You might get the benefit, but that don't mean you're a bad person. Right, right. Right. So you might get the benefit and be trying to help people all the time. So what's up with that, right? Or you might get the benefit and then you try and exclude people and try and act like the benefit makes you better. Well, you you an asshole. See, that's your problem right there. So I just feel like they've misdefined the term to mean something it don't mean. So now everybody's confused when they hear it. Agreed. But I also want to like talk about a little bit about the sense of yeah, you have the right to say whatever you want to say. You can be racist, anti-racist, or benefit from racism. Whatever. There, there's still the accountability. And I think sometimes with comedians, 
the accountability is the part where people get canceled or sometimes when they say things or they're doing things other than just the general making jokes about it, but actually living against those jokes or is that the right thing? I know what you mean, but I'm going to put it to you like this. Don Imus, I remember back in the day, got canceled. Mm-hmm. But did nobody take into account that, you know, the, the, the horrible white man had been helping, you know, women and children of color and women of color for the better part of 20 years. And he made one reference and everybody said, oh, he's a bad person, but his actions didn't match that. Mm-hmm. So he probably never should have been canceled, right? And if what we've been to do is cancel each other for words, we're going to have a long because everybody, and, and also we, there's plenty of stuff you say when you're little, you don't know what you're saying until you learn better, right? There's plenty of stuff you say when you're young, you don't really understand the ramifications because you don't have enough breadth of knowledge. You don't have enough, you haven't met enough people. You don't, you don't have enough frames of reference, right? But so there's no room for folks to grow now. I mean, you you make one mistake and it's all that's just not real. Life is never really going to be that way. I, I'm not trying to cancel people because of words. Frankly, I don't care. Okay, I, just me personally. You can care if you care. I don't need to care. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I, I tend to want to look more at the whole thing. And also, I'm not trying to get rid of people just because they did the wrong thing. Because I know there's somebody who loved that person. So I much rather look at it the way it really is, which is, well, let's see if we can help them through. And if we can't help them through, then, you know, go with God. But, you know what I mean? But let them live their life. You know, I don't know why come they got to agree with me. Well, who am I? I mean, let them be them. I don't, I don't, just me personally. But I also understand that's a double standard. And, you know, when I say stuff, they don't, look, they didn't try to cancel me many times. I, I've had attempted canceling on three different occasions. Okay. And I, and I ain't done nothing to nobody. <laughs> like, you're well hidden in that case. <laughs> well, you know, what happened is, is that there's, there's an, there are, they got people rolled over. Right. Cause plenty of people knew that that wasn't true. Right. So I had the fortunate groupings of fans who were just like, and that's really what happened to be honest with you. Otherwise it would have caught, and stuck, right? But I had a history that kind of wiped it away because people were like, I can point to this, 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 and this, and that ain't who that dude is. And that was always a saving grace for me, but it didn't mean it wasn't attempted, you know? I got banned from the Super Bowl for make seven of yours. That's right. Now, I mean, granted, I'm sure they will allow you back anytime you wanted now because you're not still banned, are you? No. No, no, I was, it was just they banned the commercial. Okay. It wasn't okay. me. Because they said the commercial was offensive. Look, they had Katie Couric on television talking about it was offensive and kids were getting thrown out of school. And, you know, and it was my fault because I was the one that wrote the campaign and did the T-shirt. And, you know, was was what I was doing? Was it rude? I mean, uh, I mean is it nasty? I mean, cause should they be able to say this? I mean, people was clutching pearls on me like left and right. I was like, oh, y'all kiss my ass. This is a joke. Well, it's kind of funny now because my, my husband works for UPS. Their shirt was pay up. And when I, I didn't even think of it, the seven up reference. But when I told him I was going to have you on the show, he's like, oh, yeah, the seven up guy. And I'm like, the seven up guy. And when I Google, I was like, oh, yeah, totally forgot about your seven up days. But yeah, the pay up shirt. Now I think of say it seven up. Now because- yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, I'm, I, I think it's so awesome that I could have wrote something on a napkin 20 Mm. 23, 24 years ago 
and and people still remember it. But you know, I, I never know what I'm gonna get. It's it's something different all the time. It's office space or it's replacements, a double take, or American Gods, a sleepy hop, people are all over the place, mad TV. Like <sighs> I have no understanding of what I'm gonna get. I, I really do I, you know, I had just somebody the other day lose their mind about yeah. good Lord Bird, and then his wife didn't know what that was. Uh, Cause she wanted to talk about, oh gosh, what was it? It was something that I'd never expected her to see. So I can't remember what it was. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh, Raven's home. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I mean, she wanted to have an in-depth conversation about Raven's home. And he was talking, trying to talk about the rail man from Good Lord Bird. And I was like, how? Are you two even together? Like, <laughs> and the funny thing is, like, I don't even think of you as being on Raven's Home. I'm thinking of the other Orlando that was on Raven's Home. Brown. Yeah. So that's but, well. It, this this oh. year, Raven's Home the season new. finale. I play an Italian designer, so mm -hmm. I'm sure they have kids and they were watching Disney Plus, and <laughs> there there it was. Um, and I said, oh, okay, okay. And then I turn around and the next person wanted to talk about Abbott Elementary. Yeah. And and I, I tried to point out to him that I was not Tyler James Williams. And um, I'm Everybody pretty sure. Chris, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and here's the complication. Because I'm, I'm on Abbott Elementary and because I was on Everybody Hates Chris, I can't say I wasn't on the show. <laughs> right. So they get confused. They're like, no, no, that is you. No, that is you. That's one of the bad things about black not cracking. It's like you're the adult in that same show. I'm like, no, 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 I am not, sir. <laughs> it was so genius that they had you play his father in in. A show we're not talking about but i thought it was so genius that they finally paired you as his dad because you you guys do you guys do um not that all black listen, people look alike but i can yeah listen according to y'all i look like everybody so i just go with it i just <laughs> I, I go with it because i can't i can't no more i i get listen i was never in Joanna man okay <laughs> I just, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Okay. Funny thing was, I was, so I would have saw you there. <laughs> but they think you look like Miguel Nunez. That's hilarious. It's somebody different all the time. Listen, according to the internet, uh, you know, me and Solange Knowles was separated at birth. That's what the internet say. Huh. Mm. I, I remember on your website because I went to your website orlandojones.com and it's like you made it to the end of the internet and these are all the people that I'm not and one <laughs> of Knowles and all these other people and it just I use that as your bio because I thought that's hilarious and I love the fact that you can laugh at the fact that people obviously a lot of people have confused you with all these different actors and I mean because your career is so long my favorite person to make fun of is me that's why come I don't care about nobody else, cause you know I I, I shoot at me on a regular basis. Right? <laughs> I, I enjoy shooting at me. I think it's funny. Uh, I mean, you're the expert at it. Why not? <laughs> hey, I mean, if you uh, hold on, something wrong with you if all you're gonna do is make fun of somebody else, but you you ain't got nothing to say about you. You know what I'm saying? I, mm, I don't know about that, pimp. So uh, I would much rather uh, I would much rather clown me. And then if you get clowned in the interim, well, you know that just happened. You know what I'm saying? But uh, but most of my shots I try and take at me. <laughs> and like you said unless you're get unless you got offended, right? You didn't give it to them. They had to take it. So you took that. I ain't give that to you. 
Yep, I get it. I get it. So again, everyone, make sure that you check out Orlando Jones. Will be in Raleigh, North Carolina, October 29th at. Oh, it's not Charlie Goodnights anymore. I keep wanting to say Charlie Goodnights, but Goodnights oh, Comedy goodnight. Club. Charlie got <laughs> maxed out. No, I'm kidding. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what happened to Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the flyer to make sure there's nobody on your name, Charlie. No, Lily no. will be as close as it gets. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm excited to see this show, especially since um you were talking about uh, Mr. Brown being a teacher. And I'm like, if you can get teenagers to laugh on a regular basis. Oh, he's hilarious. He's like, this, this is the part where I know he's actor. in the wrong profession. I met these two little, two young white kids, the most gangster rappers you have ever heard. And they got lyrics. Like I, I can't, they got bars. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hating. But when I met them, they was telling me about, yo, Mr. Brown, you don't even understand, like, how Mr. Brown encouraged us, you know what I mean? Mr. Brown did this, Mr. Brown did that. And I kept looking at them like, who is these two white boys? <laughs> Mr. Brown, <laughs> what is happening right now? And then a couple other little brown kids showed up, and then a couple of Asian kids showed up. And I thought to myself, this is crazy. This is a little rainbow coalition of kids all in love with this old man <laughs> who who encouraged them and 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 frankly apparently in ways that other people didn't yeah so i was like wow look at this cat this is this is kind of crazy so you know it, it goes to show you never know where the inspiration comes from so no or opportunities know. and it's great that they were all saying his names because that's the part friends out there make sure you're telling other people about your hidden talent friend so they're not the best kept secret because you never know when mr brown could be your friend next door hey. or whoever so again thank you so much for being on my show again i can't wait my to pleasure. have pleasure once the strike is over so we can talk more trash about a certain show that you used to be on that you were <laughs> all the characters especially the I have no comment. characters <laughs> I, I think i've said everything that could be said i mean it's canceled now that's what i was gonna say i mean i've this heard true. other things canceled <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, we don't mess with this God. Um, so <laughs> Mr. Orlando Jones, make sure everyone checks out your Instagram as well as your um, anywhere else they need to check out to keep up with. Yeah, listen, shows. Instagram, TikTok, you know, YouTube, you know, I, I, you know I, I mess around with the older platforms a little bit here and there, you know, Facebook and what the like. But, you know, honestly, I. I'm, I'm, I'm about I've been really kind of off social media for a minute just because I've been I've been writing and and working. So I'm going to re-engage now and start back at going to cons and all that. I'm going to come back out of my shell just because I feel like it's about that time. I'm come back out of hibernation. So, yeah, check me on all platforms. I'm always around. I'll let you, boy. Perfect. Because I saw something about a spa con coming up, some other con. Yeah, I just did spa con. It was incredible, okay. actually. Yeah, a lot of fun at spa con yeah, in, uh, in Arkansas. So more stuff coming. Oh, I I know GalaxyCon's here in Raleigh, so of course I'm going to do a push for that. Cause oh, is I, when is GalaxyCon? It's usually in July, the end of July. It's usually like the last weekend in July, at okay. least in Raleigh, because they also have one in Columbus and maybe Dallas, maybe. Oh, word? How come GalaxyCon ain't hollered at your boy? I don't understand Look, what's I'm going on. I'm going to put it in the thingy, my Bob, because they always ask for suggestions, so I'm going to make sure. Don't holler at me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm already here. I may as well come out. Like I wasn't gonna um, put your 
location out there, but I had heard that a certain person had left New Hanover and came on down to Wake County. So we can also appreciate you voting. Early. Oh yeah, I'm 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 in it. I'm 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 in it. Uh, I you know I'm I'm just as mad as the students at University of North Carolina. I'm like, how come y'all can't get this situation right? What's going on? Keep these kids safe. What's wrong with y'all? I mean, to, ever since Sandy Hook, we kind of have seen that they were not really doing anything about gun violence. But at this point, those kids are now adults and can vote. And so they're making a point of saying, hey, when is this going to change? So I'm really glad that we have you here because we have a very crazy lieutenant governor that's trying to become governor that is um, anti-Semitic, anti-Hollywood, anti-everything great, basically. And Well, he already cost this state enough money running productions out of it. And, you know, you look at I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with you. Look at all of the businesses you hurt. Look at all the restaurants you heard. Look at all the you know the lodging places you heard. You know, look, look at all the yeah. all the revenue you snatched out of people's pockets. And the people whose pockets you hurt did not fall into this narrow category. You heard plenty of what look, I'm a black neck. Okay. You hurt black necks, you, you, you hurt rednecks, you okay, you hurt the Asian yeah. necks and yeah. Indian necks. You hurt all of our necks with your foolishness. Now, if you want to believe that, believe that, but leave our pockets alone. Let us flourish. Let, let us have a good time together. What's wrong with you? Yeah, stop interrupting our money flow just because you don't understand it. Because you hold on, listen, listen, vote, vote. These folks is ignorant. Vote, yeah. Lord, vote, please. They ignorant as the day is long. And and, and let me be clear. I was one of those people who was like, I got no, who was not interested in voting for a very long time. I was like, man, what's the point? Um, yeah. And the point is really, really clear now um, at the end of the day. Um, you yeah, know, what made uh, you make that change? Because I think a lot of times, like, we don't, because I've been involved in politics since before I could vote because my parents were so, like, my dad was part of SNCC. So he, like, ah. he, I mean, at a very young age, I have to vote. I have to make other people vote. And right. then, like, my different uncles were, like, running for Board of Education and stuff. I mm -hmm. was out there getting out flyers at a very young age. So what was it for you that made you decide, okay, it's time for me to get involved? Look, during, during Obama's campaign, it was really clear to me that um, digital had presented a new opportunity for you to connect with audience in different ways. And particularly, you configure what you want to hear now, right? Um, there's no such thing as mass news anymore. You program what's important to you. So everybody's in an echo chamber, right? If you if you want to do the Fox News Breitbart thing, that's all you hear. If you want to do the MSNBC thing or the NPR thing or the scene, whatever it is, that's all you hear. I listen to all of it, right? Because I don't want to be in a bubble and only hear people who think like I do. I, I, diversity of thought is important to help developing ideas. Once I realize that we are all in a self-imposed digital echo chamber, it becomes important to engage and vote because people in the echo chamber aren't listening to anyone else. So it's hard for them to move forward. It doesn't matter which side they're on. You know, I mean, you can be Democrat, Republican, independent, you know, Tea Party, Sweet Tea Party, I, it don't matter. <laughs> whatever group you're a part of, you know, Nazi, you neo-Nazi, whatever you group, you know, but you're in a bubble, right? Because you're not hearing anybody else. And I'm an actor, writer, my whole job is listening. My whole job is hearing and responding authentically. So in order for me to do that job, I got to keep my ears open and hear everybody. So that's why I think it's important for me to vote because 
I need to hear what all this is saying. Oh, okay. Y'all's is crazy. <laughs> because you don't think anyone else's opinion other than your own is important. Mm-hmm. I have my opinion, but it don't mean it's more important than yours. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. I, for me, if if I'm listening to a person who doesn't care about diversity of opinion, well, then I'm not interested in de- dealing with you because all you're going to do is try and shut down anybody who you don't like. I need somebody who realizes that you're entitled to your belief system and I'm not going to try and hurt your pockets and I'm going to try and help you and anybody who does or doesn't look like you get where you need to go. That really is what we're supposed to do as a society. We're supposed to lift each other up to get where we're trying to go. We ain't supposed to tear each other down and try and keep each other down. But, you know. That's what people who want to profit off of other people want to do. And they want to do that by keeping us divided. So as long as we keep fighting with one another, that's the game. So again, for me, anyway, I think it's, you know, important to vote to maintain a system of government that um, believes in diversity of opinion and diversity of thought. So otherwise, we truly in fascism. Okay, so Mr. Orlando Jones for president in 2024. <laughs> I got the announcement first. <laughs> That's what the DAD stands for. Dad is getting ready to run. <laughs> you know what? I I would rather be. I would honestly. I would rather be mayor, or mm. I would rather work in a local environment where I can really help the people in my immediate community. Yeah. Then I would rather then I would like to be on some crazy scale. Like, you know, I might get the whole senator thing and all that, but the president ain't got no power. No, not right now. Oh no. You know what I mean? I mean I mean, really, I'm not for real, for real. So I mean I would much rather I I, I gotta get stuff done. I'm not interested in this the bureaucracy and blah 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 blah. Not, you know, that's great for y'all and then knock yourself out, you know. But I, I'm 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 more interested in uh and my rednecks and my black necks and my Asian necks and, you know, and my LGBTQ. Plus. In fact, I think LGBTQ is all messed up. That's the wrong title. It should be semen receptive and semen deniers. That's what it should be. <laughs> my mama was semen receptive. I love people who are semen receptive. I happen to be a semen denier. Why are you hating? Why are you hating? So these categories is all wrong. <laughs> I was totally willing to volunteer my campaign services for you, but um, I don't know if I, with me being dyslexic, if that would be a good risk for me to say semen deprier or receiver. I, I the like semen I- receptive <laughs> and semen deniers is one of the two. You can be a denier. Ain't nothing wrong with deniers. Ain't nothing wrong with receptive. It's, 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 pick your side. Pick your side. Well, I love both. I love both. Yeah. Well, but I'm on agreement. Like some of these letters, who came up with this? Like the BIPOC. Like I'm. I, I did not okay that term, but I, I'm here living with it. But yeah, I, I, I didn't okay African American because most you know black folk don't know nothing about Africa. So I was like, how do we get here? And how do you know they're not from somewhere other than uh, Africa? You know. There's islands, there's Jamaica, there's South America. I mean, there's a whole lot of brown folk. Uh, Egypt, I don't don't know what you're talking about. And all of us have people in our family who look like they're not, you know, who who could easily pass. So I don't even know. (laughs) Very valid point. I remember. This whole crazy colorism is insane. They act like, oh, there's a white person. I don't know about that. My great-grandmama looked like she was, she could have been a white lady, okay? She was black as the day is lost. I don't, I don't even know what to tell you about that. So, I, yeah, they, they, they she was racially were, ambiguous now. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, she it's did. only ambiguous because you don't know enough about your history to know people come in all different shades. What are you talking about? 
<laughs> well, I mean, in a casting perspective, she could be racially ambiguous and play oh, all. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, of course. Of course. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, of course. Of and of you course. can as well because you have a racially ambiguous grandmother. You're like, oh, I could have been Afro Latina. I could play well. <laughs> Listen, Latinos are black. What are we talking about? No. You got the ones that are light. You got the ones that are dark. Ada Rodriguez goes on about this all the time because the guy who set up the legal fund for the NAACP and really laid the foundations for its power today is a blue-eyed, blonde-haired black man who refused <laughs> to disavow his immediate family who did not look like him. Yeah. So uh, what are we talking about here? W.B. Du Bois was super light-skinned. What are we talking about here? What are we talking about here? Hey. <laughs> I, this is I, ludicrous. More opportunities for Black folk. I'm I'm okay with it. Claim whatever you want. Check all the boxes because I know they're doing it on the opposite side. Get every job you can. I had um, John Carlo Esposito on, and he was talking about he's actually half Italian, but yeah, they he all assume he's half um, Hispanic, so he plays all these Afro Latina roles. So he had to learn Spanish just for that case. So I'm like, ah, wait a minute, everybody yeah. passed what you can <laughs> so I mean, he's a he's a he's a latin italian black man that's that's what he is you know what yeah. i'm saying so i don't know he he simply does not fit into the box you want him to fit into but that box is fake it doesn't even exist outside of america nobody does it it doesn't yeah. exist anywhere at the end of the day anybody who got any sense knows that that's you know I mean, look, it's very simple. 97% of every human on the planet has DNA markers that came from a black woman. The first creatures who crawl out of the sludge is homo sapiens. So what are we talking about? If that's the case, you're all related to this black lady because that's the way DNA works. So, I mean, I don't, you know, Trump might not want to believe that, but that's the truth. I mean, you know, that's, you know, I mean, I know Mitch McConnell might go to his grave saying otherwise, but, you know, the, that. You know, not necessarily true there, my friends. Uh, in fact, the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan might have sickle cell next week. I can't help. I can't. <laughs> Genetics comes out in different ways. <laughs> hey, man. Hey. But, you know, look, um, this is a country that's certainly made a lot of money off of um, uh, dehumanizing and uh, other groups of folks, right? Be it by gender or, or by race. So I have two little girls and... Um, Never on my watch, homie. So I'm so glad you're here to help vote for that because we need all our rights back. Because it's not fair that your <laughs> wife has more rights at her child at the same age your kids are now. So don't even start me. I mean, listen, I'm, I already so, did. Like, I, 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 I'm a single. I'm a single daddy. That ain't my game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, um, needless to say, I'm in a I'm in a war with two little girls. Yeah, uh, that are my heart and soul. So I I don't know what to tell you. They don't, I don't care what nobody thinks. I'm not rational about them. Please don't expect me to be. I'm, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I don't care. They're amazing. And yeah. other people agree with me that they're amazing. So, I, you know, they, so, you know, I know I'm right. I just yeah, clearly. Well, again, thank you again for being on <laughs> guest. Again, I appreciate it. I can't wait to meet you October 29th at Yes. I'll say Charlie's again at good nights. We'll meet over there. You can have a wonderful night. Make sure you guys get your tickets because you're going to hear about it if you're not be about it. Or you can watch it later on one of these networks that we're not allowed to talk about until after. Actually, I think you can talk about King Network TV. We're going to stream over Roku. 
So, uh, yeah, King Network TV streaming over Roku and Apple devices. The show will be live there. And, of course, you'll be able to go out and watch. But it's going to be a fire show, you know. You know seriously, music, spoken word, comedy, good food, good drinks. You better bring your ass on out here, you know. I mean, wear tight pants because you might laugh your ass off. I mean, I, I would do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't meet him there beat him there okay <laughs> well, thanks again mr jones it was such a pleasure to have you on and thanks everyone for out there for watching make sure you like share and subscribe and make sure you keep up with mr jones because he's got a lot going on all right hey. thanks again. <laughs> well thank you Camille.